All right, let's see if we remember how to do this thing. Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. I was just remembering that we've never written down like how how to start the show. Like we need to do that. <laughs> we start it like this. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from the fabulous, wonderful, and most of the time sticky meadery here on Grant Street in Flagstaff, Arizona. <laughs> Welcome to the Drinking Horn. Meadcast, 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 meadcast. See, like we need to write that down. Like, I mean, come on. But how do we know? We don't ever have like, uh, like I've noticed some of the podcasts. They'll have like the same people say who they are in like the same order, and half the time you and I never even say who we are. That, <laughs> that is very true. We, there was one episode <laughs> where we did it in like the like three fourths of the way through. <laughs> right? You're like, all oh, right, we need an intro. Yeah. Let's do an intro now. <laughs> all right. Here's the intro. What's up, everybody? I'm Nick Irvin. I'm Evan Anderson. And we are your hosts here on the Drinking Horn Meatcast. Meatcast, 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 Meatcast. In this episode, we are discussing, well, I'm listening and Evan is mostly discussing festivals. Is that right? It's a festivus for the rest of us. Aw, Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, am I correct? Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about festivals. Cool. I think it'll be a fun one because I think uh, a lot of people go to beer <laughs> festivals and stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hope it picked it up. We'll leave it in there if it picked it up. Uh, it's left. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I think uh, festivals are fun because like, a lot of people go to beer festivals, but I don't think, uh, or whiskey festivals or mead festivals or whatever. Um, but I don't think people realize like the, the effort that goes in from our end to it. And uh, as well as like, I just find it kind of interesting how different they can be from state to state, which is something that not a lot of people get to experience, but we have some experience with that. So it's, you know, I think it's interesting. Well, if you think it's interesting, then we're going to do an episode on it. Worst episode ever. <laughs> um, okay. We're off to a blistering start as, you, as per usual. Maybe you're right about the whole writing things down kind of thing. Just for the intro. Now people love this. We don't even have like a cheat sheet this time. No, but we got sound effects. Oh, that was awful. Um, we it's don't a have a cheat sheet this time. We're just effects. going yeah, off the cuff. So festivals. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you said whiskey festival. That would be pretty pretty uh, uh that sounds super dangerous oh it was it, not only was it, it dangerous was, wait wait wait. i'm sorry to interrupt it was meaning you've been to it or yeah yeah because oh. so meat is weird right like i mean it's weird in general and then it's also weird because like nobody knows what the heck it is so is it like people want to try to classify us as a wine so we get invited to wine festivals people want to try to classify us as a whiskey you know, or as like, uh, like when we were getting all the licensing done for this place, they wanted to classify it as far as like the, the warning signs we have to put up on the doors and windows and everything wanted to classify us as a, uh, as a distillery. And so like, but we also get invited to beer festivals too. So it's, it's, and, and we've done one time we've done our own festival, I guess twice, but yeah. And we'll get into that. And, and I'm actually, I haven't been a part of it yet, but you're absolutely right. People don't know a lot of times what meat is and how to classify it. In fact, just a couple hours ago, we were, 
<laughs> finagling our juice uh, off of this truck. Um, crazy, wacky shenanigans going on. But uh, talking to that to the to the kid that was running the forklift, um, and he was like, "So what do you guys do?" And then we kind of explained it. You know, fermented honey, alcoholic beverage, this that. And he's like, "So then, do you take the mead after that and turn it into beer?" Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And right. So, yeah. So that was a perfect example of of kind of a. A, a knowledge gap in what mead is and so but that's a that seems like a good thing if we get invited to a variety of festivals totally. it's, it's been a benefit for us up until i mean up, i was gonna say up until this point like something changed but like no it's been a benefit for us for sure because we get invited to all these things that other you know people wouldn't get invited to if they were if they knew how to properly classify us so that's that's good good on us Good on us. Good on you. Um, I've yet to be a part of, well, I guess I've been to a couple of little festivals. Um, but do you remember the very first festival that Drinking Horn was in? Do you want to start there? Oh man, keep, keep talking for a second and I bet I can remember it. So once upon a time in a land far, far away, two lovers were laying on a beach side by side. The crisp air was starting to cool as the evenings grew longer. The wispiness of her hair tickled his nose as she giggled, thinking about what had happened just moments before. Wow, I'm starting to... <laughs> I know, I was pretty excited where the story was going. I was just trying Romantic to think of like... novel. I mean, it, it would have been... I mean, our first festival could have been as early as, as March... I'm thinking of the time of year. That's the easiest way to think of the festivals. Because here in Arizona, because we have, you know, 7,000 foot cities and, you know, or cities at 7,000 foot elevation, <laughs> and we have cities at darn near sea level, we can, uh, we can basically festival all year round. Nice. All year round festival. All year round. And so if it was March, it would have been down in the valley for sure. Mm. Maybe that's the Prescott Wine Festival. Hmm. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there. <laughs> I'm surprised I can't remember. It's all kind of a jumble. They all get yeah. they all get pretty jumbled together over time. Cool. So I guess like a good starting point really would be what is a festival and what's its purpose? Its purpose is fun. A festivus for the rest of us, remember? <laughs> uh, it's a perfect answer. <laughs> perfect. Broad, generic. It's a political answer. <laughs> um so festivals if you're going to a festival that really is the purpose is to like try to taste as many like sort of different new beverages that you've never had before whether it's beer wine whiskey mead whatever um and the point for the company you know companies that show up and go to these things is to just to try to spread the word of their product mm -hmm. there's uh there's a lot of beverages out there and you got to get it in front of people before they're ever going to be interested in trying something which i mean it can be kind of a frustrating part on some level because you have to give away a whole lot of mead oh. for these festivals you know yeah. what i mean i mean you're talking giving away 100 gallons worth of mead over the course of a year to do these do these festivals and to to try to get mead into people's mouths that may not have wanted to try mead you know but if they can go to a festival and try it essentially for free basically like they paid their entrance fee or whatever you know but they can go and try it for free and then you can get you can grow your customer base by doing it so i think for a business it's absolutely vital but it's it's just kind of hard and it can be a little expensive too you also have to think about things like 
you know, you have to staff those a lot of times, Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you have a place to run, you know, and you're not just production and you have to like staff a place and then maybe you go or you send staff and you watch over the place. So um, that's a big part of it too. If it's far enough away, then you have to put people up for the night and meals and all the rest of this stuff too. It gets, it can get expensive really, really fast. Yeah. I mean, we do, you know, from where Flagstaff is pretty much everything else is two hours away at a minimum. Uh, so yeah. you end up, you end up staying overnight at a lot of places. Um, cause it'll be like a multi-day festival or something like that. Cause you can have little short festivals that are only like four to six hours. Little wee festivals. A little wee, fe- a wee little festival. <laughs> we just did a wee little festival at the uh, Queen Creek Olive Mill. Ah, so th- see, that's one that I've been to as well. And I didn't go, you guys were at the garlic festival. Yeah. Yeah. But I, what the, what was the one that I went to? It, it might've like might been another garlic festival. Uh, I think. I don't know. It was just like... They do like a pressing festival too. Yes, that's what it was. The olives were ready for like some part in the production. Harvest, harvest festival of sorts. It was on the conveyor belt and they were all getting dumped and I was like, whoa, that's rad. Oh, that's right. We got to see all the big equipment and stuff. I mean, the, the place that we're talking about is like... I don't know, 30 acres of olive trees. It's a huge establishment. It's a massive place in Queen Creek, Arizona. Um, that's like I said, 20 acres, I don't know, at least. And they grow all kinds of stuff, but olives is the main thing. And they're even, even stores up here in Flagstaff carry their olives. Yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, and some of our listeners, if not a lot of our listeners have probably been there to the Queen Creek Olive Mill. They've got a whole restaurant and, you know, it's a big scene, beautiful back patio and they carry our meat. In fact, the people that lived in the house that's on the same property that I live in, um, uh, the, the woman sent me a text and, and a photo of our, our meat there. And she's like, oh my gosh, look what I just saw. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so yeah, that's, I think that that was the most recent festival that I've done. And it was the first one I did that maybe a month ago or something, but that was the first festival that I've done in 18 months, if not more. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. They were on hold for a little while. For a long while. Yeah. So, which is hard. It's hard as a business trying to grow that customer base when you can't even get out and get in front of people. Um, but I like the Queen Creek Olive Mill. Like I like that setting. So that one, the way it brent down is like, <clears throat> we go down and taste our product and we're basically helping sell bottles of our mead that the olive mill has already purchased. Hmm. So that's something I kind of want to get into a little bit is like all the different ways that these festivals can go down. Um, so we're not necessarily like selling directly, but it does help increase like our wholesale orders and stuff like that. Um, yeah, no, go ahead and explain that, uh, kind of one more time, break that down for everybody, like how that specific festival went, because it is a little different than when we think about festivals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way, the way this went down was partly because it's already like an establishment, you know what I mean? Um, that carries our product anyway. And so what they do is they buy a whole bunch of our mead and then we go down there with, uh, jockey boxes and kegs and, and we go and we pour mead. Um, on tap right there. I hate opening bottles for tastings. We did that for years. Um, and I hate opening bottles for tastings. It's so wasteful. So everything gets thrown into a keg for that stuff. Um, or we use mead that's been in a keg anyway. It's not like we throw it in just for that festival. But anyway, they buy a huge order from us. We go down with a couple of people and set up a little booth essentially. And we give out tasters, uh, for free. And then it helps encourage people to go and purchase bottles from this store. Um, Cause like I said, it's a big establishment kind of place. And so we're like out on the grounds and there's, I don't know, it was relatively slow. I feel like this year and it was probably still 5,000 people or something like that over the course of the two days. Um, dang. Yeah. And that's something that's, yeah, a little bit different. So you're giving out the tasters, 
they're like, oh man, this uh, pomegranate is delicious. And you're like, oh, well, there's bottles inside. You yeah. Know, they, they go in, they go purchase some bottles. In fact, what did you have to do <laughs> yeah, after we, day one? Yeah, we went down there for the first day, which I had only told them that I could be down there for one day. Um, and we ended up, uh, it was just good crowd, good good folk, tasty mead. And we completely sold them out of everything they had purchased from us. Um, <laughs> so then they put in another order um, and we're like, hey, can you guys come back tomorrow? I was like, uh, I was planning on going fishing tomorrow, but uh, I would love to come back and taste some more mead. Why not? How many times have your fishing plans been cut short? Oh, man. <laughs> so more, more often than I actually make it out to go fishing. I think about going fishing more than I actually go oh, fishing. For sure. But that's yeah. natural. That's by, natural. By putting in another order, they basically just came to you and said, can you go? Well, I don't know if they asked it this way, but this is basically what they asked you to do. Drive back up to Flagstaff that night, grab a, what, 24 more cases or something, yeah, something like that? something like that. 24 more cases of mead and come back down to do it again the next day. Yeah. And you said, no way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Internally for a second. Because I was like, I really want to go fishing with my wife. (laughs) There's bass that have been teasing me. Yeah. But But, but nope. Nope. We said yes. I mean, you can't turn down good opportunities. You know, any time. I mean, we've always kind of touted that we like people who want to try to run a small business to listen to our podcast too. Right. And so like, that's definitely, you can't, you can't turn down opportunities when they're in front of you. You can't run yourself so ragged that you're going to freak out, but like you need to also just take advantage of what's in front of you. Yeah. So, so we said yes is the long and short of that one. And then, and it's, I mean, Queen Creek to Flagstaff is about a three and a half hour drive. So we drove back up the hill, loaded the truck back up, loaded the van anyway, back up, and then drove back down the next day and did another six, seven, eight hours of tasting, something like that, and then drove back up the hill again. Yeah. And it's, uh, but I, you know, it was fun. And we get, we get a lot of our regulars that are down in that area come out and uh, it's always fun to see them, you know, yeah. we sit and talk mead. That was one thing I noticed when I was at, at Queen Creek uh, a couple of years ago, um, doing the, whatever it was, the, the harvest festival with, uh, with drinking horn. And there was actually people that were, that had drinking horn shirts on and, and would be like, Hey, Oh, Hey, blah, blah. And that was when I was first, you know, with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh damn, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then now I've, I've realized that we have, yeah, a lot of fans down in, in the Phoenix area. So I like it when they bring horns to tastings. Oh man. To yeah. any of our fans that are out there listening, you get an extra pour if you bring a horn. I'm just there, saying. There it is right there. You can, uh, you can, you, you heard, you heard it here first folks, bring in a horn to a festival and Evan will probably throw in some extra meat in there for you. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's awesome. I love it when people do that because awesome. we have little baby horns too. Mm. Like, so those are something that we, we sell at festivals if we, if we can sell, cause some festivals you, you can't sell anything. Oh, interesting. You're just there to do tasting. So like we do made in the shade up here in Flagstaff when it was still a thing. And like that one is just, we would take six kegs, eight kegs, and we would just go and pour all day long. It, Nick is, Nick is raising his eyebrows and shockingness yeah, at that. Cause so he knows, he know, Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> oh, giveaway product. And, uh, so he would, um, it's a fun one because you would go through a whole lot of mead, but you get a ton of people. And at that one, they would stick us in the VIP tent cause Ooh. we're VIP, mm. I guess. Very interesting pseudopods. Yeah. Very interesting pseudopods. I wonder how many people are going to tell you that. That doesn't start with a P. Yeah, like, it, yes, it does. It does. Oh, no, it does. Okay. It does. <laughs> Wait a second. It's a pas- I wish a biology changer. It's a pseudo. A pseudo. Fake. Pseudos like snedarians. Just like them. And jellyfish and stuff like that. I know it's, I know it's nedarians, but. 
Snydarians. That's yeah. right with the C. But I like Snydarians. Steam cells. Snydarians. Yeah. So <laughs> tangent. Let's let, <laughs> pull this rig back around. Um, so that was the most recent festival. Go back in your in your mind and and tell us a little bit about one of the earlier ones that kind of sticks out in your brain. Um, I mean, you mentioned whiskey. I think that's a that's a big one, just mm. because uh, it was a shit show. Oh, absolute was... shit show! I'm hoping that people that put it on do not listen to this. I'm oh. sorry, but if you did, I'm not going to be mean, but I definitely have like a few critiques that you could do. Um, you got to take constructive criticism to get better. Absolutely. And it had such a potential to be to an awesome this. one. It's a, it's a cocktail festival. It was a whiskey, not just whiskey, but it was a cocktail festival. Mm. Um, we won an award at it, actually, nice. uh, for having one of the best whiskeys there. And <laughs> we don't make whiskey. <laughs> you didn't think you did. I didn't think I did, but apparently some of the meads are whiskey enough. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that one was, uh, it was in Phoenix, which is terribly hot. And it was... Oh, I don't know, May, which Ooh. is, yeah, yeah. For, outdoor? For outdoor. Oof. Outdoor in May in Phoenix. You're already um, 105, 110 in May sometimes. That was the sound of raging fire. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it was. <laughs> oh, May but in Phoenix, outdoor festival, drinking whiskey. 105 plus degrees. People no were, ice. No, 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 there wasn't. There was no water. <laughs> You know, no which water. is like, you got to have free water. <laughs> if you're doing a booze festival and you want to keep your festival going and stay away from liability, free water. And it's a really easy thing to do because you can have businesses buy and sponsor like, you know, basically trash cans that you fill with water and ice and people can just grab water as they need it or want it. Out of a trash um, can? You know what I mean? Like you can have whatever, <laughs> a 55 gallon drum of some sort, but <laughs> you just fill it with ice, throw the water in there. And then like a, a business can sponsor it and wrap their, you know, logo stuff oh, all the way around you. it. Hmm. And, it, and it's cheap. It's a cheap way. You know, a business could do that for under a hundred bucks and you could buy a whole bunch of water and wrap it with a vinyl sign. Nice. And like, and then it's, a, so it's, you know, that's my suggestion never is seen go and have businesses donate in that fashion to your event to, to get, you know, safety. <laughs> yeah. Cause people were passing out, like literally oh, passing out imagine. and not from being wasted. Like there was a, uh, the lady at the front who was taking tickets. It was like facing West, her little booth was, and they went through like two or three of those people. <laughs> they went <laughs> through them. Yeah. went through them. <laughs> like, like, all right, like open the packaging on the new one. <laughs> yeah. One passes out. Like, I mean, hospital, like straight up ambulance coming like hospital visit. Oh, and then yeah. another person would just like move into the tent after they got the person on the stretcher and out of the tent. <laughs> They're like looking around and like. Wait, what? No, wait, hold on. Yeah, you're like, what? Uh, and it's not like people were being overserved or anything like that. Um, so, so which is which is another good point. I don't want to tangent around too much, but uh, but we're going to tangent a little bit. This is a tangent episode. It is very much a tangent episode. Which one's not? I don't know. But uh, you notice state laws a whole lot more um, in these festival situations. So something that I find very interesting is here in Arizona, um, you have to have some sort of a ticket system or a wristband with check marks, or you can't just say it is a drink as much as you want event sort of thing. Nope. So you'll have to get tickets. You buy, you go and you sign up for the festival or get your ticket or whatever, and they'll give you, you know, 20 tickets that then you can use to get drinks at places. Um, when we're in New Mexico, because we do a few festivals out there, uh, fermentation festival, we're going to be doing the prickly pear festival next year. Nice. Um, 
And I love, I love New Mexico. I love going back out there. New Mexico loves lemon ginger. Oh. Um, but that's a, that's a side note. But uh, <laughs> It's a delicious side note. It's a delicious guess side Guess who note. else loves lemon ginger? Oh, we did a sour beer Sky. festival out there too. Oh. We won at that too for the best sour beer. <laughs> we make great whiskey and sour beer. Yeah, that lemon ginger was a great sour beer apparently. Lemon ginger mead, great sour beer. That's funny because... It's not even like sour no. sour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah. It's... No. Huh? No, I was pointing at you for, you know, you know, sour beer things. Oh yeah. No, it's not even close. I mean, the pH might be close to the same, but like, as far as like on your tongue, the TA of like prickly pear, it's no, no, not, not sour at all. No, no lemon ginger, lemon ginger. Oh, lemon not ginger. prickly pear. Oh, lemon ginger has some tartness to it. But it's tart. It's not but like it's not. sour beer. It's no. not like, it's not like lacto sour. No, it's nothing. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But you, uh, out in New Mexico, different laws. Different laws. So you can... Um, you can advertise as a drink all you want festival, which I know is sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy having done stuff here in Arizona, but I have never, I, I see people getting way more shit faced at ticketed things than at the drink all that you want things. I have had people come up in, in New Mexico. I've never had people do this in Arizona. I've had people come up in New Mexico who just wanted to learn about the product, wanted to hear about it, maybe even wanted to smell it, but were like, I can't drink anymore. And they're, they're articulating this just fine. So like they're not tanked by any means, but they've just hit their, their limit. You know, they know themselves or whatever. And so I've had it at every single one of those festivals that I've done in New Mexico, people come up and they're like, oh no, I just want to know about the product. This sounds awesome. But you know, I, I didn't make it to you till an hour and a half in and I, I shouldn't drink anymore despite the fact that they don't need tickets. Yeah. And so I think when you have tickets at these festivals, I think it encourages people to overdrink because if you have 20 tickets and you only use 10 of them, then you only got half your money's worth. Yeah, like that's like the mentality. Did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the mentality with it is like, well, if I got all these tickets, they're mine and I'm going to use them. Yeah. And then you have a few responsible people who are like, Ooh, I drank 10 and I am tipsy i'm gonna give my 10 tickets away yeah and they always end up going to the most drunken asshole there like yeah nick's nick's smiling and, and giggling because it's it's so true oh, like yeah. well and the, you get the people that since we're talking about this like every fifth person or something comes up to you and you've got your little ticket thing and they're like take this and they're like okay one ticket and you like point down to it and they like go down like they're putting the ticket down and then they like take the ticket back. Right, right, right. Like, like they don't really give a ticket and they think they're so funny. Whatever, 40 tickets like or whatever. They yeah. like take them from people. <laughs> right, to end up with as many tickets at the end of it as they can. When in all reality, there's no way anyone should use all the tickets that are usually given out. No, some of the there's numbers no of tickets way. that get given out at these things are just... Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's a liability for us. I mean, it is definitely a, a, you know, a state law, you know, a liquor license law that could, they could harm you if you, <clears throat> if you don't take one of those tickets. Mm -hmm. um, but that's interesting. And I, I well, really and, understand. And monetary too. We've mm -hmm. done a few festivals where they take the number of tickets that you have at the end of it and they give you 25 cents or mm, 50 yeah, yeah, cents yeah. per ticket. Mm -hmm. And so you can end up, you know, making your kind, kind of your money's back at least, at least cost, you know. Yeah. Yes. You want those tickets. Um, I've also heard, so some places that do the little pours, like say a lot of tickets with a little, with smaller, pour, smaller ounces of pours, mm -hmm. um, versus, uh, larger pours. So like, again, mead, you would never like, you shouldn't be giving out like 12 ounces or 10 ounces of no. mead at a time. Um, but for beer festivals, at least not at our having, alcohol percentage. No, not, yeah, exactly. Not session. We don't have sessions. We have 13%. So those, when you walk around with a bigger amount of beer at a time, 
people have talked about drinking less overall um, that way. Instead of having lots of the little samples, you know, you'll walk around with a cup for a little while. And oh, yeah, yeah. You really choose what you want, and then you get it, and you're kind of married to that drink for a little while. And I'm kind of partial to that personally. I think like on, on two levels, I don't think you can really taste something when you taste two ounces. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think you get a good idea of like what it actually tastes like with two ounces. And then I think on top of that, like I do agree, like I've, I've done this before to myself where I'm like, all right, I'm not going to drink very much tonight. You know, I got to get up early, but I want to go meet people and, and have a good time. And so I'll go to the hall and since, you know, I can be like, okay, I just want quarter glasses or a half glass. Just, just serve me in half glasses. Cause then I can have something I can drink, but it's not as much mead. The problem is I drink three times as many half glasses as I would just like a whole glass of something. Yeah. Because I'm like, it's just a little glass. It's yeah. just a little glass. It's just a little glass. And like, it's just a little glass. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, the meat slingers listening to this right now, stop giving Evan half glasses. Yeah, seriously. Give him full ones. You guys are crazy. Full glasses of water. <laughs> full glasses of water. <laughs> Yeah. So Aww. going back, uh, you talked about the whiskey festival. We won an award for whiskey. Um, it was a terrible time of year. No water. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No water. It was too it's, late in the year. It was too hot. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a, a good festival from back in the day? I think you were talking about one earlier, kind of off mic about the one that we have here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you mean the, the made in the shade or are you talking no. about our, our very own, the, uh, the I Arizona? I was talking about neither. Not the Arizona Mead and Cider Festival? No, I was, we were going to end with that, I thought. I'm talking about the oh, ABV dinner. That's, yes, that is one of my favorites. <laughs> See, in that one, that hasn't, that we, that we didn't do that this year. Did we do it last year? No. So it's been a while since we've done that one. I don't remember it last year. No. And the ABV dinner is a super fun one. And it's like halfway between festival tasting and pairing, I would say. Yeah. Oh, that, exactly. It's like a, it's a festival of pairings. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. That's beautiful. For a cause. I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm done. Okay. Later. <laughs> so from this point on, I'll be reading from Jack London's. <laughs> so the, the ABV dinner, um, Benevitz are veterans here. Benevitz. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Benefits yes, are veterans here. I believe it's a, is it a specific, it's a specific group, isn't it? Uh, it, well, it's run by the Legion, so right. I, I I think it just benefits the Legion. That's always been my understanding. It doesn't go outside of of, yeah. the, of the Legion. Just here. for the Legion, yeah. and it, so it so it helps support our veterans here, our local veterans, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a super fun one because all of the booze producers. So in Flagstaff, a town of seventy thousand people, supposedly, um, there's what eight. I don't want to get that wrong. How many breweries we got here? Well, if you're counting. Because like Grand Canyon is here, but they don't produce beer here. They're in Williams. We're not going to count them. Don't count them. Okay. Well, then it is still just seven. Still seven. Yeah. They do get invited though. No, they don't. They will. They, don't, they well, will they this year. Here. They will this year yeah. or next year, I guess. So it's one where every single booze producer, so the, the eight breweries and the distillery and the meadery, us, um, all get invited and we get paired up with some of the top notch, toppest notchest of restaurants here. And they'll end up making a special dish that pairs sometimes with a special thing that people come out with just for this. Um, sometimes it's just one of their best sellers that they'll bring to it. And then uh, the the restaurants, Satchmo's is one of my favorite ones out of that. We usually get paired up with the, uh, the university um, culinary program. Oh, cool. They made like these... They took our, our Bluetooth mead one year and made like these weird grape things with it. 
Do you remember that? I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. They like drop it in liquid nitrogen or say, I don't know. It's got some weird process, but it's it ends good. up being like, yeah, it's this like little, like, it's like an adult gusher. There's a mouth-watering new gushers flavor with a taste that's huge. Uh, <laughs> where, but instead of getting sugar on the inside of it, you get a little blast of mead. Um, so that was super fun. But anyway, they pair up everybody and then you go through this like ridiculous nine or 11 course meal, um, where they just keep bringing out beer and food that pairs together. And it's, it's amazing. That one's one of my favorites just because it's low key. Um, it's a fixed set number of people, which is only like 150 or something like that. Maybe even less. Yeah, I feel like somewhere around. I'm there. terrible at that kind of thing. Yeah, a handful, a couple handfuls. Yeah, if you would, if you would, uh, so quantify it numerically. <laughs> yeah, and it's it. Is, I remember, man, every year it's it's an absolute blast, and you you leave there like not only like with you know belly full of great food and belly full of great booze. Um, but usually near the end or the last quarter of it, there's dancing, there's like good times. You're not sitting down anymore no. at your table. You're like shooting the shit with like this person, that person that, you know, in the industry or from like, you know, around town you see people you haven't seen in a while. This is making me very nostalgic. I know I miss it right now. Together. So that's, that's in February. It makes me uh, Usually is in February, uh, yeah. right at the end of Arizona beer week. So yep. it's the the week, whatever the week kind of surrounding um, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. which is also our state's, um, what do you call it? Uh, n- not inauguration. What, uh, when the oh, state becomes a state. Statehoodness. Statehoodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Statification. Birth, birthday of statification. <laughs> our birthday. There yeah. you go. It's the state's birthday. Perfect. Is, uh, is actually also Valentine's Day, February 14th. So anyway, I can't, huh. I hope that, I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything about it? I haven't yet. I've been hearing a few things about a few festivals here some and there. Some rumblings in the background. Well, that's was, the Taco Bell we have. I was hearing new things about Celtic Festival and stuff mm. like that, starting to rumors abound about it. Um, that's another one. Let's talk about that one real fast. I love the Celtic Festival. Yeah, because they did have it this year. Yes. Um, it was, it's been moved over to Williams. And... Er, right? Yeah, yeah. It oh, was okay. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh crap, was I wrong? No, no, no. I was about to interrupt you and I realized I should not Dude, interrupt I'll start you. Interrupt yeah, all right, all right, all right, so, I got it. Moo. Well, I was up. Uh, no. Uh, oh. So knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? Interrupting Evan. Oh, he's always there. All right. So Celtic Festival. It I, this was my first experience with it, and it was very toned down, I think. I feel like. It was pretty mellow this year. Yeah. But they had to move cities mm-hmm. to a city forty miles away. So, yeah. and I mean, people are still not totally up to like go to these gatherings or they weren't back then. Cause yeah. this was a couple months ago at least. Yeah. I think people still are kind of sketched about it, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. So, but it, it is a super fun one and that one's huge. I mean, that one's, I bet that's 10,000 people over the course of the weekend. Yeah. Something like that. Well, at least when they do it here and it's because it's a, it's paired up with like the, our local Highland, not even local. It's paired up with the Highland games that draws people in. I think internationally Whoa. to come and compete in that stuff. Whoa. And you're talking like the saber toss and the, uh, what do they call carrying that heavy stone? Uh, Did I say saber? You said saber. Yeah. Caber. Caber, Caber toss. <laughs> I was like, is that a, have I been saying it wrong? Is that a sussy? You know what? And Nick and I are not even drinking during this episode. <laughs> no, I don't know. Not alcohol. Yeah. No, I've got water and coffee. Yeah. 
Um, so sad. Yeah, caber toss, and then uh, yeah, I don't know some other landscaping kind of things, carrying around heavy things. There's like the hammer toss or hammer throw. Hammer you say th- landscaping? Yeah, so carrying Is that what big rocks called? around. No, no, oh, I'm just saying it oh. looks like you're like moving like landscaping rocks around a little bit. Um, but yeah, my experience with it was was. When I first walked into it, I was like, oh man, what is this? And uh, and then all of a sudden, I start seeing the vents and the tosses, and there's a keg toss um, up and over this pole. And then there's this 75, no, 70, 76, I think, 76-year-old woman that was doing the events, doing the yeah, throws yeah. and tosses, and that was what's the unreal. What's the shot putty one called, but it's a, like in a sack? <laughs> I... I don't like know, you put man. the you I'm, put the weight in the sack. I know I should know. I'm more very of this new stuff. to this. Yeah, Jude McKenzie, if you're out there, she's she's the one that puts on this thing. <laughs> hey Jude, I've heard don't sure she's don't send that. us rude emails about the things we don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, just kidding. Please do. It helps us learn. Yeah, yeah, and uh, our mead was being poured there along with uh, a couple of other local beer. Mm-hmm. With it, I think local beers and uh, the Wicked Tinkers played. Um, I don't which know really if cool. it was local beer. Yeah, I don't think so, actually. Either. I think we're the only local booze there. They have us, and then they have Canyon Diablo. So mm-hmm. they have the distillery. Our local distillery um, goes and pours, and then they have us there. Nice. And that one's a combo La Bombo. So, like, <laughs> we donate a certain number of kegs, and then they buy a certain number of kegs. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, a, kind of a win-win for both of us. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And for the people there. And for the people there. Delicious mead and listen to the Wicked Tinkers and watch people toss stuff. Oh, and the market. There, I did, Okay, so again, kind of new to this. Like I shouldn't be because I'm Scottish and I've got like my own kilt like with, uh, the, you know, the family tartan or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that they made so many different kilts and tartans like oh yeah and it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be like a certain type like they had camo ones they're yeah. like leather ones i'm, I'm a they utility like, kilt kind of person yeah oh the utility yeah. no what do you call them utility kilt oh i thought wait what utility kilt yeah or, utility. i knew it was some kind of like or utility kilt either one yeah utility can... kilt and i was like what the heck's that and i look at it and i'm like what the this is like cargo pants for a kilt yes <laughs> <There's>... i love it <laughs> Because you know how I love my cargo pants as well. Yes, and they love you. I'm wearing a pair right now. Excellent. Cargo pants be like, don't worry, buddy. I'll hold your stuff. You just worry about making friends. Ah, <laughs> zinga. Uh, but yeah. it is great. I love my pockets, and so I do love a utility kilt. Yeah. And I love doing a festival in a kilt because it is easy, breezy, <laughs> and brings up easy conversation points for people that might feel awkward about starting a conversation. Oh. Perfect. Icebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> and you're wearing it. You're wearing the icebreaker. And it's comfy. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're totally peacocking. Oh, I don't even know what that means. Oh, that's when you, when like you do off? flashy. Yeah, when you're oh, flashy gotcha. just for the sake of being flashy. Yeah. I don't know. I'd say a kilt is pretty peacocky. It really is. Yeah, yeah probably is. Um, so what else did uh, you want to talk about festivals? I think uh, I want to break it down just real quick on like how they're put together by the people by us, you know, our end of what we would take doing them. Yeah, run us through, you know, from the call, like, hey, come do this festival to, you know, breaking down. So after you get the call, you kind of decide whether it's your demographic, whether it's in a location, how far away is it, you know, are you going to have to stay overnight? You got to take all those things into account. You have account. to think about things like I that? I know, <laughs> always. I thought you just went and drank and poured beer. I know. That wouldn't, wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and uh, you got to think about licensing because licensing can be different for all these places. We've done festivals before where you get to go down and sell 
bottles to people while you're down there. Like you bring your own bottles and sell them retail, um, which is, yeah, it's great for us, but it's a ton of stuff to schlep. (laughs) So you kind of got to like, think about like, I've literally, you know, filled up the truck with the long bed, filled it up and like needed a trailer damn near still to bring everything down for some of these. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so you kind of assess all that stuff. Think about what the benefit to you is going to be. What's your cost going to be with it? How far away do you have to stay overnight? How many people are you going to need? How big of a setup do you have? Um, then you gotta, and if you're, if you think it's a feasible thing, then you got to start looking into licensing. Um, sometimes you need a whole bunch of licensing. Sometimes you need none. It all just depends on, you know, how much are you, are you selling open, you know, not open bottle. Are you selling closed bottle? Are you selling glasses? Are you just giving tasters of your product and selling the bottles that somebody else has already bought? Like, how is it all going to, how is it all going to kind of work out which way? Um, and then from there you end up having to pack up a motorcycle. (laughs) Uh, from there you end up having to pack up like a ridiculous amount of stuff. Cause we use what's called a jockey box for pouring. At least we do now. We used to pour out of bottles, which like I said, it was like painful, opening those bottles and like nobody's appreciating the artwork really on that bottle that you're opening because you have one out for display. Um, so it's just a whole lot of stuff to bring with us. So we'll bring kegs, jockey box to push out the mead from the kegs. You need to have compressed gas. So you got to bring all the hookups and the fittings and the gaskets and all of everything that goes along with that. Um, I hate plastic said it before. I'll say it again. I hate plastic. Um, so we use like compostable cups. Um, so you have to figure out, not like paper ones. They're like, they're made out of cellulose. They're pretty cool. You cannot leave them in the sun. They will melt into a pile. Oh yeah. But doing its job, but doing its job. Yeah, totally. So you have to think about, you know, how are you getting your product to the person's mouth? Um, some festivals, they have their own cup, you know, where they, they get Mm -hmm. a cup with the purchase. Other festivals, you're going through a whole lot of little cellulose cups. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I hope that pretty much everyone's getting away from that kind of thing. I hope so too. And the, the thing with the reusable cup and, and something, another additional item is having a little bit of a water station kind of thing yeah. at your place. They hand you the, the little cup, you rinse it little, little squirt, just not much just to get that. Like maybe it was a stout or a sour beer. Yeah. You don't want somebody sour out. or their peanut butter beer and you're yeah. about to give them no, some pomegranate. You don't at all. And people always like, Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks for pouring that out. Um, or rinsing that out. So that's just another thing to think about. Continue. And another thing to bring. So you need hand wash stations, right? Um, it's required in most places by County health's, um, it's a County rule. So it all Mm -hmm. depends, but, uh, you need a hand wash station. Um, you need your own trash receptacles. A lot of times you need a fire extinguisher or multiple fire extinguishers, depending on your setup and everything and the location. Wow. Um, it's a, it's so much stuff. I have let, I have checklists and I've got oh, about yeah. nine checklists depending on what kind of festival we're doing. Nine times. Nine. So many checklists. There's nine of them. <laughs> so you, you schlep all that. You got, you, you've got that all figured out. You got your, you know, you got your, your mead, you got your jockey box, you got your tent usually too. You usually have yeah. a 10 by 10. Yep. You got your tables, you got your tablecloth, you got all the goodies that go around it to make it look nice. You got your staff, you got your checklist, you got your gas, you got your your lines, you got your, uh, weights to hold your tent down. Your, oh God. Yeah. You're, you're in the middle of this giant field and the wind starts blowing 90 miles an hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you got all that. You're trucking down to the festival. I would, I would love one day to make a trailer that has taps built into the mm. side of it yeah. as well as air conditioner, all that stuff, you know, so that you could store a bunch of it in there. And then you could literally just like back up a trailer, pop open the side of it and pour mead 
Boom. Yep. I mean, rinse the taps because they'd be gross, but yeah. then poor me. Every uh, every year at the mountain bike festival down in Sedona, uh, Ska would be right next to us, and they'd pull up in their in their refrigerated ch- uh, trailer. Um, boom, put right in. They've got the taps coming right out the side, and the angels that they are, they let you put your kegs in there as well. You know, oh, like really? In, in the cooler, like to stay cool. Yeah. No. So, cause they're usually, like you said, they're multi-day. That's another Those thing you have to think about. They're multi-day festivals. And so you are out of town. You can't just like go back to your meadery or brewery or whatever and put them back in the cold storage. You have to think about those things yeah. as well. And like a, a lot of the festivals, at least that I'm familiar with, will actually have that already set up for you and you come drop it off. Right, um, right. So that's, that'd be interesting to, to know. But um, yeah, so anyway, that's another thing that you have to think about is storage of product overnight for these festivals. And if you have bottles that you're there to sell, you either got to break half your stuff down and put all your stuff back in your truck so it's safe hmm. or find a way to secure it there. I've slept in the booth at festivals before many, <laughs> oh, many a times. I know it's, it's a little rugged. It's a little rugged. And not because you passed out drunk. Yeah. No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you get there. Um, the setup is obviously different, not only like place to place, but you know, state to state and all that, uh, what you, what you're going to do. Maybe you're staying overnight. Maybe you're sleeping in the booth. Yeah. Um, and oh, then, you uh, hope not. tell us about, about the interactions. Fantastic. Yeah. Best part. Uh, uh yeah, easily best part yeah. is getting to bring it to new people. And I think like something, um, that I think is important for, for this section is that the way you talk to people about your product is going to make a huge difference in the way it tastes for them. Mm. Um, so I tend to not bring a traditional mead with me. Um, if I go out to tastings, just because it's so much of a different flavor for folks after they've been drinking, you know, beers and whatever else the whole day to get traditional is a little strange. It's easier to break them in on something that's a little fruity or whatever. Uh, pomegranate, apple being two of my favorites, two of our best sellers. Um, but I do find like, if I bring a traditional with me, I'll tell people it's a honey Chardonnay Mm. and that makes them start to think, and not that it's exactly actually a honey Chardonnay by any means. Um, but it gets the right taste into their mind before they drink it. If that Mm. makes any sense. Um, your perception is so important in how something is. And the first part of what you take for perception when you're about to drink something is whatever somebody just told you. Yeah. yeah. It's so, crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an important part of that whole thing. And this is being able to, when you have the people that are out there, you know, and when you're picking your people or when you're thinking about going yourself, having, having the right spiel that makes sure that people are in the right mindset when they're drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're someone different, which we almost always are at these festivals. Yeah. We're the weirdo, you know, yeah. totally. <laughs> the weirdo in what I've noticed, my first festival with you guys was Oktoberfest down in Sedona. Yeah, yeah. Um, weirdo in a great way because people were hitting us and then coming and sticking around for like 15, 20, half an hour talking. Um, it, that was really cool to see, to see the introduction that's another part of the whole spiel and the whole like serving these people. Not only is it fun for us, but it's actually a responsibility because this is a lot of times people's first taste of mead. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is something that not only can be good or bad for us, but it can be good or bad for the industry, which is 
good or bad for everybody. Because if a meadery goes to a festival, introduces people to mead, and they have a bad experience with it, they're going to see meadery in Flagstaff, and they're going to say, oh, I don't like mead. I, I, I had mead once, and it wasn't a good experience. Yeah. So it's a huge responsibility. A, hu- a huge responsibility. 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 We're so responsible with our alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I really believe that, and, and I take that to heart whenever I, every single time I give someone, you know, hand across, even if they've had mead before, when I hand that, that glass or that bottle across the, the table or the bar, um, it's been ingrained into my brain that like this is important not just for us but for the entire meat industry for the whole industry especially yeah. something that like you said is such like a, a fledgling market at this point oh, you know so cute it's so cute oh. there's so much room for us to grow if we all go about doing it as responsibly as we can yeah yeah but it's a blast meeting new people talking um it can be a very very long day holy crap if that one, that one down in Queen Creek that we did, and that a long ended couple up, of days. Yeah, long couple of days. <laughs> I mean, those were those were eighteen hour days back to back. So it was. Ugh. Yeah, that's why I didn't come in till like at least nine thirty on Monday. Oh, so late. <laughs> yeah. So if you're at a festival and it's near the end, um, yeah, just understand uh, and be appreciative of the the staff that's working there and has been working there. Um, yes. On their feet that whole time. I know everyone's on their feet, but they're not moving. That can like really get to you after a while. And, uh, they still got a smile on their face and they're still happy to be there. That's awesome. Yeah. Be nice to those folks that are there pouring. Cause it is, it is not easy. It is one of the tougher parts of the job for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, then, uh, you get done, you break it down, which is usually, uh, it's, it's kind of, to me, I, it always feels like kind of a scramble because you are like so tired and all that. And like, you've got maybe a hotel to get to, or maybe you've got like a two hour drive to get back home. So it's it, the breakdown always seems like a rush to me, <laughs> like a rush, yeah. not in like rushed. I mean, you are rushed, but like, you're like, okay, let's do this. Let's, and you get this kind of like third wind and like, you start helping people and like, you know, you're pulling, you know, a big old thing of like CO2 and kegs and all that stuff. But, um, I don't know. I, I guess you wouldn't really know what I meant by that. It's like, it's kind of like the dash to get out, like at the mm-hmm. end of a concert where like, you want to kind of still like embrace that good time that was going on. But you also know that like the longer you wait, the worse traffic is going to get on yeah. the way out. I think that's like a feeling I always have with it is cause you're like, I want to be close to the door at the end of this thing. So, and be like three quarters packed so that I can pull the truck in real fast, load it up and yeah. bounce. Yeah. Bounce. It's an absolutely wonderful time. But at the end, you want to get out of there. Yeah. You're ready to go home. Yeah. You're ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. You're ready to go home. And there's always those people that come walking up and you've taken the jockey box down, you've broken everything down, the tent is halfway down, and the, the tablecloth is off the table, and they come by and be like, hey, are you guys still pouring? Oh, dude, meat is the worst <laughs> for that, You're I like, feel like. What are you, what? You're barely walking, bro. Because as, as you've seen in some of the festivals, like one of the things that helps us out a whole lot is that we are, you know, it's a new, unique thing for a lot of folks. And so somebody will drink it and then they go back and they tell their friends all about it. Mm. And so you've seen that when like people oh, yeah. come up and they're like, I was told I need to oh, try absolutely. the pomegranate. Yeah. And like 100%. those folks always come up too late. Yeah. Always. Those <laughs> folks. Then it's like, yeah. yeah, you get like five of them that are like, Oh, we were told we need to drink this. Yep. Yep. And then they look so crestfallen. Uh, they look what? Crestfallen. Oh, sad. Crestfallen. Crestfallen. There will be a quiz at the end of this. I could have made it up. I don't know. I thought you said crusty, crust something. I don't know. Um, Crusty bombing. So there was a, 
let's end this on a, on a big, uh, a big note or, or, or a cool note that hopefully will return. There's a festival that you and Kelly, I, to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys created this festival. Yeah. Yeah. And Eva. And Eva. Eva Rupert. We'll, uh, we'll fit it all in. Okay. Cool. And, uh, and so like, so that is the Arizona Mead and Cider Festival. It mm-hmm. is the only mead specific or mead exclusive. It's not really exclusive, but it's the only mead and cider festival in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is absolutely fantastic because for any of our, our friends out there who have, who have had our product and know that like the buzz is a little different mm-hmm. than say beer or whiskey or wine. Like when you get 700 people together that have all been drinking mead for an hour, like, man, people are so friendly. They're like <laughs> dancing in the aisles. It's like, it's so awesome. We, we, we did one and there was like a torrential rainstorm. Yeah. It hailed at first, which here in the desert, when it hails first, I'm usually like, cool, it's going to blow through. It's fast storm. Nope. That thing stuck around and monsooned on us for like four hours straight. Um, and people were just, they were loving it. People are dancing in the rain, drinking mead. It's a, you know, it's nature's beverage. <laughs> that was really right after I had come over here to Drinking Horn. I kept hearing people talk about that festival and talk about the rain. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, that was crazy. But like they were talking about it because they stayed there. Yeah. So yeah, out. Absolutely. They didn't tuck tail and leave. So we, we still had lines, torrential rain just dumping down. We still had lines of people coming up getting mead, <laughs> you know, or wanting to get a, a glass. It wasn't so much a taster, I think, on that one. It was like a half glass sort of situation. But uh, they were coming up and like the, the, the 10 by 10 tent, like you mentioned earlier, it had filled up with water mm-hmm. on that like funky lip on those things. Oh, yeah. And right as this little girl is walking, she's not a girl, she's grown woman okay. uh definitely she over had her 21 lollipop in her balloon and she was <laughs> yeah. skipping in her little dress here kid have some booze <laughs> no definitely she a grown wasted. a grown woman a young grown woman, grown ass woman. and uh she's walking up and that that it, right at that moment that little mm. puddle of water decided to jump off of the uh the tarp and right onto this girl <laughs> and like uh ronnie one of my favorite guys was there uh pouring at that moment and he goes free tasters when the rain gets on you or like you know when the when you get waterfalled i think is what they were calling it we ended up having people like standing like trying to stand under it just to like get (laughs) waterfalled so that they would end up getting a free taste of something (laughs) and like people were just loving it you know what i mean but it was one of those like make or break moments where like the wrong thing said there would have been like oh like fucking just downer on everybody but instead the right thing was said and it was just like huzzah (laughs) that's awesome yeah ronnie is the person you want right there at that moment to to make it a a good experience oh yeah that was a good one i got i got like two more little anecdotes i promise i promise i won't talk forever okay you got a minute and a half no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) so i sent a a ronnie actually and we this was one of the weekends where we probably had three different festivals going on all at the same time on this weekend um we were doing a tasting at a grocery store two days out of the weekend, two days out of the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) Um, We were doing uh, the Prescott Wine Festival and I think we were doing a uh, equestrian festival Hmm. down once again in Queen Creek. They like us down there. Um, And so I was set up, you know, three different setups and sent everybody out with their stuff. And I, I like to think that I, I like to tell people I did it on purpose, but you guys get the sneak peek and it was definitely by accident. <laughs> uh, I am not that savage. But anyway, the guys that got sent to the Prescott Wine Festival, which was my wife, our Viking, Halbjorn, and Ronnie, they show up there 
and it's very much a wine festival. Like everybody, there's about, I don't know, maybe 15 different vendors there, wineries there. Um, there's a fair amount of wine here in Arizona Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's about 15 different wineries there and they're all like set up with their like black tablecloth and their fake grapes and like their bottles displayed on the table, just like cookie cutter fashion, you know? And then we show up and we're, they put us, of course, like we didn't get to choose where we sat in that one. They had a designated spot for us, like right in the middle of everyone. And, uh, and we've got like, you know, we're just a motley crew of people. We really are. And so like, Viking. We definitely don't look like the rest of the winery folk that are there, you know. It's uh yeah, we have our Viking there with like a big old horn and he was like, you know, he was either wearing a kilt or he was all garbed up looking like a Norseman, mm-hmm. uh, one way or the other. And they go and you know, they're getting the jockey box set up, they're hooking up the gas, all those things we talked about, and then they go to unroll the poster that I sent them with. And uh we have a number of phrases here at Drinking Horn. Um this one is... Uh, this gr- is... Hold on. This is not a poster. This is a banner. It's a banner. Yes. Yeah, it's, I just didn't want people to think like this little poster. No, it's a no, giant it's, banner. It's three foot tall by six foot wide, eight foot wide, something like that. Yeah. They're they're big banners yeah. for sure. So I had to put it in people's heads. Yeah. Yeah. To get the right picture, you know. And already like the other places are kind of looking at us like, who are these fuckers? <laughs> yeah. And then we bust out this banner. They bust out this banner and it says grapes are for jelly. <laughs> Which is just kind of us poking fun at the wine industry because they, they were classified as a winery for whatever silly reason. Um, prove me wrong on that one. It's silly. Uh, but anyway, we're the classified as a winery. And so, you know, grapes are for jelly is us kind of poking fun at them classifying us as a winery. And that's what they got sent with to the wine festival. I could have taken that to the equestrian festival or we could have sent it to the grocery store stuff. Like yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. But nope, no, it ended up there. And so they just unroll that and they're kind of looking around at the other places next to them. And they were just not getting friendly eyeballs. <laughs> so they put it away. No, they hung that sucker right up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and then Halbjorn, my wife goes, hey, Halbjorn, grab, you know, take your horn, fill it full of water and, and stand out there and just drink mead. And we had such a line going at our place. We had people like complaining that like, why do you guys have such a line? Are you pouring heavy? What are you doing? <laughs> like complaining about us doing well. And then uh, that was until some of those folks ran out of cups. And we came fully stocked and prepared. Mm. And so we were sharing some of our supplies with some of these folks. And then they're like, well, maybe those mead guys aren't so bad after uh, all. Too bad they probably weren't uh, logoed cups, huh? I know. That would have been great. Although, right? even if they were no, like, I wouldn't want that. red wine, you wouldn't be able to see it anyway. No, that's true. Yeah. And I wouldn't want people to think we make wine. Oh, true. Oh, yeah. but they saw your banner. They, oh, didn't, they didn't think you no made No confusion wine. there. Yeah, That was awesome. I love that. That's I love that they put it up anyway. Like, look at each other like... Well, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two tears in a bucket. I got sent a pretty funny picture from that one with the yeah. Kelly took it with the two guys holding up the sign, <laughs> looking at me like, what the hell, Evan? <laughs> uh, well, festivals are great. Festivals are great. Uh, we look forward definitely to them returning in the near future. I think we do. I- <laughs> I was trying to go. I was. I was giving an intentional pause in there, just in case. Just in case we need it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping festivals return very soon, because you know I'm missing. I'm missing out on those things. Yeah. I want to go to a movie theater. I want to. Mm. I want to go to festivals. I want to. Uh, you want to go to a movie theater? Yeah. Let's pick an afternoon. Let's go see James Bond. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Nice. People say it's the best one yet. I know, and I just don't. I mean, sh- sh- oh, I almost pulled off. Don't do it. No. Well, I mean, he's already dead. He's you already dead. I can't, can't kill, kill him, him twice. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are fans of this mead cast, uh, you know that we accidentally killed Sean Connery. Yeah. Rest in peace, Sean. We appreciate yeah. you. My bad. 
my bad. <laughs> so, yeah, we're looking forward to um, more festivals just to get more mead in more people's hands uh, and more importantly into their mouths and <laughs> into their bellies and then into their digestive system, into their blood, into their br- blood-brain barrier. Um, all the, all the wow. way. Um, all the way through. But mostly into their hearts. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Straight injection. We're going to save that one. That was like awesome. Yeah. Until you injected it. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> Pulp Fiction style. <laughs> but I do want to, I do want to give a little thank you mm. out to, uh, You're welcome, Evan. Not to you. I, thank you. you I get know no I thanks. Appreci- oh, okay. Thankless. You know how this job is. Thankless. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, uh, to our friend, uh, that was listening to us and helped encourage mm. us to make more episodes. That's right. Uh, we got a message not too long ago. <laughs> really, probably the reason we're sitting down and making this episode. <laughs> it's exactly like you. You really like the you. You wrote in and were so appreciative of what we had been doing and what we were trying to do. Um, you want to just read it? Can we read um, it? Maybe I should have maybe pre-read it, but it's uh, from Keanu Hayes, and he he's actually in South Africa, and it says, "Hey guys, just wanted to send you guys a message and let you know I am really loving the Meadcast on Spotify. I'm almost done listening to all your episodes, uh, so you best get to work on some more." <laughs> Here <laughs> and, we are. Yeah, and he and he continues to kind of tell his little story, which is kind of cool, but I won't share that necessarily out of a uh, you know. <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. Didn't want to have it shared. Well, 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 if you hear his name, you know that we checked with him and it was okay to use. So. Yeah. So Keanu Hayes, uh, which is a rad name, if that's I know. real or not. I love it. Um, so yeah, thanks for for letting us know that you're in South Africa listening to the Meatcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Meatcast, Meatcast. And thank you for, you know, just writing in and, and sending encouraging words and, and getting us, you know, fired up for making more episodes. We, uh, we knew we had been slacking and we're sorry. Yeah, but it is huge. I mean, to hear any kind of feedback. So if you're listening to this now and you actually enjoy it, like throw us a line because it really keeps, uh, you know, it keeps the coal in the fire for us to keep making these episodes and, and creating them because it does, you know, we get away from it a little bit and we're like, ah, no one's listening to this silly stuff <laughs> you and me yammering away yeah my ma get a script you buffoons <laughs> so yeah thanks uh thanks count Hayes, Hayes, uh and uh no heaves no Hayes. well John. we're deleting that sorry, part out sorry yeah <laughs> but yeah um cool i think uh that covered a, a good amount about festivals I think that's it for now until someone sends us some more questions. Yeah. Send us questions. Always. You can hit us up either direct message on Instagram or Facebook, uh, or you can email Nick at drinkinghornmeadery.com. You can find us on all the platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcasts, anywhere you, whatever podcatcher you use. We're on it. We're on it. You can find us on TikTok. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you are on TikTok, we create videos there that I think are pretty hilarious. Yeah, I like to tell people we're big on TikTok. We're, we're not that big on TikTok, but we're we tell people <laughs> we're so big on TikTok. <laughs> we are. No, no, people love us, and uh, <laughs> and we go live every once in a while. So check that out. We're also uh, on Twitter at Drink the Mead, uh, Instagram Drinking Horn Meadery, Facebook Drinking Horn Meadery, and we're on Route 66 here in Flagstaff, Arizona, the Mead Hall. If you haven't experienced it yet, and you are anywhere near Flagstaff. Um, word on the street is, and in our reviews, that it's a pretty damn good time. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's what we hear. And we're trying not to toot our own horn, but it's awesome. It's toot. so cool to hear people really, really digging the meat hall lately. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Good to see it working. Yeah. So that'll do it. I'm Nick Irvin. I'm most likely Evan Anderson. <laughs> and uh, you've been listening to episode number 18 of the Drinking Horn Meatcast. Meatcast, 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 Meatcast.